Thank you for listening to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. If you enjoy the show and want to support us, the best ways are to leave a five-star review and subscribe on your favorite platform. And follow us on Twitter or Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 176th week of the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. Every single normal member is here this week. You have the full crew, Bart, Wyatt, Aiden, and Jared. And we're going to get started, as we always do on this episode, with news we missed. First up, the Masters happened. Jared, I've told you have some thoughts on it, so I'm going to pass the baton to you. Oh, the T placements or the pin placements were just were just atrocious this weekend. No, I'm just joking. Um, I did watch a lot of the Masters. I wanted to watch more, but the Masters coverage is absolutely terrible. They don't show any of the morning tea times. Yeah. Apparently, it's a it's a the Masters' fault. Like they only are allowed to show they only allow the coverage uh, or the networks to show like a certain amount. And they also at one point didn't show the group that literally was leading the Masters on day three, like. It was a tra- the the coverage was absolutely terrible. Jared, I had the same exact experience. Like we got up, we were ready to like watch it on Saturday morning, mm-hmm. and they just showed like like famous people, no one who was actually like in contention. And then yeah. when they finally got to like we switched over to the CBS broadcast when that finally started, and then it got ten minutes in and was rained out. <laughs> we were like, yeah. okay, great. Like, <laughs> and like even nice. before I tried, the weather, I tried to even, watch golf. Yeah, exactly. Even before all the weather stuff, like the coverage was just absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I won't stand for it. I'm not watching the Masters next year. That's for sure. <laughs> Boycott. I mean, I'm a, I'm a conscientious objector to golf all the time, so I'm glad <laughs> okay. that we can get this coverage. And then Jared has joined me. Not really. I just don't watch golf. But mm-hmm. in any case, we're going to move on to a spo- another sport that not a ton of us <laughs> yes these, that not a ton of us watch uh, hockey. Quinnipiac won its first ever NCAA title Ooh. in the Frozen Four. So. Good for them. Um, <laughs> Indeed. In football news, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. now has a team again. He signed a one-year $18 million deal with the Ravens. Um, and in other uh, NFL news, Saquon Barkley is not signing his franchise tag. For so, now. Mm-hmm. For now, at least. Um, we're going to move into you... a little bit of... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, like, what happens if you just don't sign it at all there is a deadline to where you can get an extension i think it's i'm gonna say like july 17th i think that's an arbitrary number but um to where they can have an extension if they don't get a deal done before that he has to play the season on the franchise tag if he does play um he has up until like week nine to sign the franchise tag otherwise he can't play at all during the season so i mean like he could he could really try to hold out um, I don't know exactly what that means. Like, I don't know if the Giants would say, like, we're not going to give you a contract if you don't sign the franchise tag thing and you have no choice but to play this season. Uh, but, or, you know, he says, I'm going to wait the whole year up until week nine and try to call your bluff to see what kind of deal you give me. Uh, I, there was a report that he was offered about an annual $12 million per year for over three years or so with the Giants a couple uh, weeks into the season, and he didn't take the deal. So I'm um, I'm a little curious as to what he's looking for, because that would have put him out as like the third highest paid running back. The two number one and two are, are like fifteen sixteen million dollars a year. 
So it's it's kind of hard to believe that they might go there. But in the short term, I would pay, I would pay Saquon. You know, three years, thirty six million dollars. I think that that's a fair number to be at. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fair. All right. So our last news we missed. We have concerns some basketball, which is going to take up the rest of our episode. Um, there was a little bit of an incident with the Minnesota Timberwolves <laughs> involving Rudy Gobert punching a teammate and getting suspended for the first play-in game. Uh, that led into, again, that first play-in game where they played the Lakers, and they lost in what one could describe as a collapse. Um, and in the uh, in the East 7-8 play-in game, uh, the Hawks beat the Heat. So the Hawks and the Lakers will be the 7th seed, and the Wolves and the Heat will play for the right to have the 8th seed. As we speak, um, it appears as if the Chicago Bulls will make it out of that game, though there are 18 seconds left and they're only up by one, um, to play, again, the Heat for the last spot in the East. But that is a perfect segue into our main segment, where we're going to power rank every single NBA playoff team. Uh, There are 20 of them. There are about to be 19, but we are going to power rank all 20 of them. Um, and we're going to get started with Bart. So Bart, lead us off. Who is the best NBA playoff team? Just really quick. I want to say, I don't want to point any fingers, but I do remember distinctly picking first, like in the last power rankings we did or the one before that. So I just feel like I'm having deja vu because I'm taking the bucks yet again. (laughs) I love taking the bucks. I won. I don't (laughs) think this is breaking. (laughs) Not the nuggets. (laughs) Uh, I don't think this is um, dropping any jaws here. The bucks. Have the best record in the NBA, the best record against 500 teams, the best record since the All-Star break, yada, yada, yada. They're 18-5 and in all four of their big four play. Uh, it's like, you know, 23 games, not a huge sample size, whatever. And they have arguably the best player in the NBA right now in Giannis, who will carry them through some of their tougher games. Um, I know the East looks – it's going to be tough. Obviously, it's going to be tougher than the West right now, but I think the Bucks have as good a bet as anybody to reach the finals. I like the Bucks at one. Mm-hmm. All right, fair. Wyatt, you have the second spot. Who will you be picking? This might be a spoiler to where the rest of this list goes for me. I don't. I think the champion of this year is going to come out of the East. So number two out of the Boston Celtics. Every mm-hmm. team that has won the championship in the last 40 years outside of the 01 Lakers had had a top 10 defense, or at least a, a defensive rating within the top 12. Every champion in the last 10 has had a net rating of five, so they score more points than they let up. The Celtics fit the bill on both fronts. And since the All-Star break, the Celtics have a net rating of 7.9, which is the best in the league, which, according to the metrics, they would have the best team in the NBA since the All-Star break. I think they're an impressive team. They obviously went to the finals the year before. Um, they they know how to beat these teams. They know how to beat Miami. They know how to beat Milwaukee. They know what they got to do. Uh, Tatum is no longer like this young wing who's an up-and-comer. He was the MVP frontrunner coming into this year. And the only concern that I would really have is how Jalen Brown's hand starts to heal up. Stephen A. Smith was ripping on him because he was gardening, and that's how he hurt his hand. And, like, what do we do in gardening? It's a freak accident. It really does suck, and that's the only reason why I think that they may not go further. But they have two guys who are going to be top in, uh, or all NBA players, and they felt the bill for the teams that have won the championship over the last couple of years on a statistic basis. Good choice. All right, I'm up next with the third pick, and it is going to be a 1-2-3 Eastern Conference start to it. 
Um, I'm going to pick the Sixers, and so we're just going literally one, two, three seeds in the East. Mm-hmm. But I think that they have a pretty good case to be the third best team. I agree with Wyatt. I think that whoever's the champion this year is going to come out of the East. Almost certainly will be one of the three of the Bucks, Celtics, Sixers. I think that's a pretty fair ranking for their likelihood. But the Sixers have, well, maybe not the best case. I think that three is probably about appropriately where they should be ranked. They do fit the bill in a lot of different ways across the board. They have the third best offensive rating in the NBA. They have the eighth best defensive rating. And all that sort of plays out to a third best overall net rating behind only the Celtics and surprisingly a team that we'll probably discuss well, we will discuss later, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Plus they have who will almost certainly be the MVP on their team, Joel Embiid. Um the early numbers, the early votes people are collecting seem to be indicating that it is going to be Embiid. I follow the whole like MVP tracker spreadsheet of like you can see everybody who's announced their vote. It's like seventy percent for Embiid at this point. Um, plus, they've shown in recent times they can beat the Celtics. They beat them a couple weeks ago when Embiid went off for 52. Will the Sixers need performances like that to beat the Celtics? Maybe. I think that the Sixers have traditionally had trouble getting over the hump of beating the Celtics, which will almost certainly be their second-round matchup unless the Atlanta Hawks pull off a miraculous upset. Um, so I do think that in the series against the Celtics, I'd like the Celtics just because of history, just because... They'll need Embiid to go crazy, but I think the Sixers are an excellent, excellent team and deserving of third in these power rankings. <laughs> uh, Aiden, you're fourth. Who are you going with? So I'm finally going to welcome in the Western Conference. And no, not the Nuggets. Sorry. Sorry, Nuggets. Um, oh. But I'm taking the Suns at four. Uh, I think they're the scariest team in the West, and I think the East is so congested that I wouldn't put another team up there at the moment. So the Suns, they rested starters in the last two games, so they lost those. Um, but before that, they'd won six in a row, I think. And I'm pretty sure they have not lost with KD on the floor. And KD's been pretty dominant um, alongside that core. So I feel like that bodes well for them. Um, and it's it also helps that I think in with KD, they've beat the Suns, or sorry, they've beat the Nuggets twice. Um, and they'll probably, as long as they advance against the Clippers, have to play the Nuggets in the second round. So if I'm the Nuggets, I'm definitely worried about that. Um, you know, they'll need Chris Paul to kind of step up. They'll need some of their, their bench is a lot weaker than it has been in past years. So they'll need Josh Okogie and Troy Craig to kind of step up there. But I still feel like in terms of the West right now, they're the team I'd be most worried about playing. Yeah, no, I had, I had them at four as well. Um, I think that especially with Durant, they've been unstoppable. I saw, I think he has the first ever 55-40-90 season in NBA history where he shot 55% from the field, 40% from three, and 90% from the free throw line. There were 50-40-90 seasons, I think. I think this season was maybe the, 50, the first 55-40-90, which is crazy. Oh wow. Um, some, somebody can fact check me on that, but I... That's crazy. I saw somebody yeah. tweet it out, and I don't think it was one of the spam accounts. So, <laughs> Jared... It's Katie's burner. <laughs> that yes, exactly. Quick. Jared, you're up. Uh, so, I'm... I'm... I'm going to let Bart pick the Nuggets, and I'm actually going to put here at number five the Cavs. Um, wow. Like Wyatt said, um, teams that are good at defense are teams that uh, go deep in the playoffs. And I think with the Cavs, they're a little bit hotter going in than the Nuggets were. They're se- they've are they won seven of their last ten, even though they were resting some starters too. 
and I know what they're good at. They're the best team in the league um, in, on terms of defense. And then on net rating too, Wyatt, they're above that, that five threshold. So maybe they're one of the only two teams that can say that too. So maybe that means mm-hmm. they are one of the two legit championship contenders this year. But I think they're a pretty fun story this year as well. So I'm going to put the Cavs here at five. Yeah, reasonable. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Them and the Celtics are the only two net ratings above five. So the Sixers are close. They're third. They have 4.4, I think, but still yeah. not that threshold. All right, Bart, it was alluded to. You have the next pick. So hold on. I think uh, according to StatMuse, there's a guy named Scott Hastings who in 1990 played 27 games and did this. Okay. But <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the game threshold is. Um. Anyway, so, yeah, I guess I I will take the Nuggets. (laughs) Uh, People are talking a lot about how bad they have been recently to end the season, but I don't really care about that because they were sitting people for the most part in uh, the two games that Aiden mentioned that they lost to the Suns. I don't think Jokic played in either of those games, for example. So I'm not going to read too much into it. Uh, Obviously, it does it say a little bit about their depth that when their key cog is out, they just lose, lose, lose. Maybe. But that's not going to be the case in the playoffs, hopefully. Um, you know, like at the end of the day, they still had a very good record. Uh, the third best record, in fact, coming into April, which is around when they started sitting people. So, yeah, I, the question for the Nuggets is how good are the players going to be behind Jokic? Jamal Murray has been better recently. He had a really bad mid- midseason shooting slump. He snapped out of that. Aaron Gordon has been really consistent. Uh, their defense, I'm sorry, their offense is just like generally more well-rounded than it has been in years past, which bodes well for the playoffs. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, the, the thing about like Jokic not being able to defend in the paint, their defense in general is a little suspect. We'll see how they can scheme around that. Obviously in the playoffs, when you're scheming full series against teams, maybe it's going to be a little bit different, but I still, I don't think it's fair to let the first seed in the West slip further than six. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't think the seventh spot on our power rankings is necessarily something that you wear with honor. Although it's within the top ten, the teams that I have left are the Grizzlies, who I think are immature, the Kings, who don't play any defense, the Clippers, who are going to be missing Paul George, the Warriors, who can't win a single game on the road, basically, mm-hmm. then the Knicks, Nets, Hawks, uh, Heat, and then the Raptors. Well, the Raptors got eliminated, I think. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like... I don't know. I don't. I don't really know. I, I think it's. I'm gonna put the Lakers, and it's because I think that they're gonna be better. They're gonna beat the Grizzlies. Their ceiling is a team that should win the championship. Their floor is a team that we saw last night play the Timberwolves, which what I thought was a very sloppy game, especially defensively. I thought that LeBron James didn't look too locked in, to be honest. Um, some couple goofy passes. He does a couple things in spurts, great defensively, but. And, and, I, and I know that this is 20th season, so I'm not necessarily going to harp on him for his lack of defensive prowess. But I just thought overall that they were relatively sloppy. And they're a team, especially can Anthony Davis just not grimace in pain anytime he has contact? I it, To me, I just want to see them play two games of really good basketball against the, the Memphis Grizzlies to start out that series. And then I'll feel really confident about them if we do a power rankings later or we make picks or anything like that. So I'm not just – I don't think the seventh spot is necessarily one that people should be too proud of being in because I think the field right now, it's totally a pick and I'm banking on the ceiling. Yeah, that's fair. I, I think the Lakers are honestly fair to pick in the top ten. And I'm facing sort of a similar conundrum with the next pick two in which I don't really like any of the teams after we sort of get out of the top six range. 
I think I'm gonna go with the the Grizzlies. I think you have a good point. I think the Lakers have a very good shot at beating the Grizzlies in this series. Yes, the Grizzlies are immature, but they did have the second best record in the West this year. Um, in terms of like, if you look at the advanced stats, they have the fourth best net rating. Again, they're right up. They're above the Bucks. They're above the Nuggets. They're above the Suns. Teams we picked already, and obviously there are some sort of extenuating circumstances there. But if you look back at the end of the season, they had some some all right wins. Uh, beat the Clippers. Beat the Hawks, who are in the playoffs. Beat the Grizzlies, who are in the playoffs. Again, I don't love this team. And I think once you sort of get down into, like, again, out of the top six, none of them are really true contenders. But for a team that has the fourth best net rating, I don't really think you can sell them short. They have a good defense. Third best net rate, third best defensive rating. So, yeah, again, not an exciting pick, but I'll go Grizzlies here. Aiden, who's nine for you? Yeah, I agree at this point there's not that many super exciting picks left and we still got 11 teams to rank, so this will be, this will be <laughs> interesting. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with the homer pick with the Knicks. Um, I think I had the Knicks mm-hmm. much higher in the last power rankings I was present for. <laughs> Maybe a little too high. Um, but but I do think when they're healthy and when Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle are both healthy, they're a kind of scary team. I feel like they're they've beaten the best in the east when they're at their best and Jalen Brunson really has just been going off the second half of the season um so before they started resting starters in the last two games they run a five game winning streak Julius Randle's health is still a little bit of a question mark um but I feel like the Cavs Knicks first round matchup is probably the the matchup that I'm most excited to watch not just being a Knicks fan I think that's going to be a good series because those are two kind of fun different teams um so I think they're at least the most intriguing team of the ones that remain Cool. All right, Jared, you're up next with pick number 10. Who is finishing off the top half of these rankings? I'm going to go with the Golden State Warriors, actually, ahead of the Kings. I think that's also going to be a really fun matchup, too. But the Warriors are pretty hot right now, and if you're going to the playoffs, I'd rather pick a veteran team that's done it before than a team making their first playoff run in, what, 16 years, I think, for the Kings, something like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, like I said, Warriors are playing really well. Um, they went eight and two their last ten. They just beat the Blazers by like fifty six points or something crazy. Like, and they had the best, um, second best offense in the league behind the Kings. So, um, I'm gonna like bank on the veteran presence there. And Andrew Wiggins might be returning too. So, I'm gonna bank on the the veteran presence of the Warriors at ten. I think I also I'll book it. They're gonna win the series against the Kings too. I'll book it. Wow. I would not be shocked at that at all i think that's a fairly good bucket Thanks. all right bart you're up next to pick number 11 who are you taking well i'm gonna bank on an unbridled you might even call it childish naive optimism light the bean i'm taking the kings here i had them above the warriors light the bean. i don't care about playoff experience i care about the fact that they were the best offense of all time it did actually happen and i looked this up apparently the difference between them and number two is the same as the difference between number two and number 10. So they're just so much better wow. than everybody else ever. Obviously, their defense is a question mark, but I don't care. Sabonis, absolute monster. De'Aaron Fox had a fantastic season. Keegan Murray had a terrific season. He broke the record for three-pointers by a rookie ever. They're just so much fun to watch. You know, again, with the whole idea of, like, playoff series and defense maybe mattering more, I understand people picking the Warriors, but... Uh, Seeing the Kings win the series would just make me so much happier than seeing the Warriors win. So 
that's my pick. I agree with that. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. yeah. And isn't De'Aaron Fox going to win like the first clutch performance award? So good to have that guy on your team. More than Michael Jordan. Like, it's such a made up sounding award. Yes. But anyway, yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're moving on then to the 12th pick. Wyatt, who you have? The rest of these guys in the field, I think, are just the unlovables. I'm going to go with the Clippers, who do have a bona fide superstar in Kawhi Leonard on their roster, and that's really what I'm going to bank on. He was the championship whisper, or so we thought, post-Toronto. Everybody thought that he was going to bring this Clippers team to victory, and it doesn't sound like Paul George is going to play in uh, the first round of the playoffs, so I don't believe that they're going to win against the Suns, but... I do think that they're probably one of the more talented teams out of the rest of the the litter here. I had half a mind to pick the Miami Heat. I mean, it's kind of hard because they had lost, but I really like Jimmy Butler. I just think Kawhi is better. And Kawhi is a, a great defensive wing. He is a very talented offensive uh, player. And Ty Lue is a great coach. So I, that's really what I got to bank on. Again, they're unlovable, and I, I'm not really picking them to beat the Suns. I just I think they're more talented. Mm-hmm. It's a fair pick. I'm going to go up next at 13, and I'm going to pick the Brooklyn Nets. I actually think the Brooklyn Nets have a good chance of giving the Sixers a little bit of a series in this one. I think that Bridges, since he's been traded there, has played excellent. I mean, just look at his performance against the Hawks a few weeks ago. He had 42 points, and he's been obviously the leading player on that team. Their team stats are confidently mediocre. If you look at net rating, they're 14 you look at defensive rating uh they're 16 if you look at offensive rating they're 12 so they're around the middle of the pack but we're picking around the middle of the pack teams and if you look at their sort of recent history they won six of the last nine the last game of the season we won't even count they played all their bench guys against the sixers and the sixers played all their bench guys so they're a little bit hot coming into it i think the sixers will win that series but i think the nets are fun in the same way the nets were kind of fun in like 2018 2019 where Yes, they don't really have a superstar, but they have a lot of good players who sort of play hard and are kind of enjoyable to watch. You want to root for with Bridges, Claxton, Dinwiddie, Finney Smith, Cam Johnson. I think there's like a bunch of guys you kind of like rooting for. And I think Dinwiddie was on the team, right, when they had this similar type of vibe in like 2018, Mm -hmm. 19, when they also played the Sixers in the first round of the playoffs. Um, (laughs) They lost that in 2019 as well. Ben Simmons is still in the series. Yeah, like, he is. He was a huge <laughs> part of like the last series when Jared Dudley was going back piece, and forth yeah. with them. Uh huh. He's, uh, he's still there. Honestly, the forgot that Simmons existed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was looking through the stats and I just genuinely forgot Ben Simmons still played for the Nets, which is kind of crazy. I mean, he's averaging six points trade. a season right now, so who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? All right, Aiden, fourteen. Yeah, Wyatt alluded to them earlier. I'm going with the Heat, even despite the fact that they lost, just because I don't really feel like the Hawks are a threat. I mean, maybe playoff Trey gets you a little bit far, but I feel like if the Heat do survive, they're a team that can turn it on, especially when Jimmy is hot. Um, And Jimmy has been so good of late. Like Before the All-Star break, he was averaging 21 points a game on 51% shooting, 30% from three. After the break, he's 26 points per game on 60% shooting and 48% from three. So he's really peaking. Um, He needs other people to step up, though. Like, Bam was nothing against the Hawks. He was just kind of dominated by Clint Capella. Um, So that that doesn't bode well. 
But if if Bam can step up a little bit, I feel like they they're not a team that the Celtics particularly want to play. I'd imagine, especially if Robert Williams isn't at you know super full health against Bam, um, that could be an advantage for them. So they feel like they have the most potential of the the ones that remain. Mm-hmm. Fun fact I learned in Jared. my. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, go ahead, Bart. I was just going to say, uh, I thought it would be Jokic, but it's actually Jimmy Butler who leads the league in offensive rating amongst players, which kind of really? blew my mind. Yeah, he's been like wow. that in good. offensive rating. Yeah. Yeah. I always thought of him like, you know, back in the day as a defensive guy. That's wild mm-hmm. that he's been that. Yeah, That's crazy because they have like the 25th ranked team according to offensive rating as well. Like they're, the rest mm-hmm. of the team is Oof. that bad <laughs> offensively. <laughs> <laughs> Tough. Uh, all right, next up, Jared at 15. We're really getting to the unlovables here. Who are you taking? <laughs> I think I am just going to take the Hawks because I know they're already in. <laughs> um, and the other teams, I mean, like the other teams, like the the Timberwolves, like just collapse. They're falling apart, like with Rudy Gobert and all that stuff and the guy breaking his hand and all that stuff. <laughs> I think I just have to go the Hawks here just because they've already made it in and every other team from here on isn't really going to make a big dent in the playoffs anyway. And they're like a mediocre 500 team. I'll just go with the Hawks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but Jared, did you know they have the sixth best assisted turnover ratio? In there the you NBA? go. I didn't, I didn't know that. That helps though. Nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> I read that apparently there are rumors that they're shipping or trying to shop Trey Young. <laughs> Which is hilarious. That's crazy. What do they look like without Trey Young? I really don't know. (laughs) What do the Spurs look like when DJ was. Anyway. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Uh, All right, Bart, 16. Uh, I'm not going to go with the Timberwolves because they're trash. I'm going to go with the Bulls here, I think. Um, They won against the Raptors, so that puts them above them. Um, Listen. Doing small sample sizes of like subsections of the season is always hugely asterisked, but they did have the 10th best record since the All-Star break, and they've actually had the second best defense since then. So they are quote-unquote warm, perhaps lukewarm coming into the playoffs. Um, and then not, like offensively, you have DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine, so you at least have two components who have the potential to go off. Perhaps their offense hasn't been stellar this year, but they will at least put up a fight uh, in the next game that they play and or against the Bucks in the first round, but I don't see them making it out of the first round. No, I don't either. All right, Wyatt, 17. You know, I'm not going to feel too stupid picking this team. I'm going to go with the Thunder, and I know it's kind of weird to pick them over the Wolves, but I won the Thunder are my favorite team. I actually don't think I've ever got a chance to pick them. Uh, I've liked the Thunder since Katie and Russell Westbrook were there um, right about the time they had moved from Seattle down to Oklahoma City. Uh, but, yeah, I just think – I one, I think they're fun. I think Shea Gillis-Alexander gets looked over a lot because he plays in Oklahoma. He is an all-NBA-level player this year. And especially against the other team I could have picked against, the Wolves, they're just not a very serious team. Like I said, like we always say that Carl Anthony Towns isn't very tough. I think the Rudy Gobert trade is going to be one of the worst trades, if not already, one of the worst trades in sports history, considering the fact that they're like better without him. And he punched his teammate in a huddle, and they're like, yeah, you can just go home. We traded four first-round picks for you, but I don't know. Like, Why don't you just sit this one out? So I, just, I think that the Thunder, I, 
enjoy watching the young roster come together. And once they can get more offensive pieces around Shea, uh, it's going to start to work out a little bit more. They just seem a little raw, but I, I enjoy them. There. All right, I'm up next at 18, and I'm going to pick the team that is currently beating the Thunder 19-10 to 10 as we speak, and that is the New Orleans Pelicans. I'm tempted to pick the Wolves here too, but I just think the vibes are not where they need to be Mm-mm. on that team right now, so I can't a good conscience pick them. Then uh, the, the Pelicans ended the season a little bit hot. Uh, they beat the Clippers. They beat the Nuggets. That, that's some positive signs. They had two wins actually against the Clippers in the last like month or so of the season. I don't know. I, I don't think they're going to make a huge impact in the playoffs, but they did go on a nice run at the end of the season. I think they were out of playing position with like three or three or four weeks left in the season and sort of went on a wing streak. So as Bart would say, they are warm. They are not hot, but they are warm enough that they can win their way into the playoffs. So I'll pick the Pelicans at, at 18. Aiden, who's 19? <laughs> Big surprises here. <laughs> Do I have to pick the Wolves? Uh, no. Um, you know... I'm sure I can find something good to say about the Wolves. Yeah, the vibes are off. Mike Conley has really been going off. I feel like he had a really good game in the playing game. Um, and he's been good since joining, um, you know, mid-season-ish. So shout out to him. And, you know, the Wolves are still, they still got pieces. It's just uh, it's a little depressing. I'm sorry, Bart. Take out the, <laughs> a little. Yeah, a little. Yeah, exactly. It's like the, the, the front <laughs> office must be so just... Yeah, just so yeah. sad right now. It's yeah. terrible. Yeah. I don't think Wyatt is wrong at all that it might go down as the worst trade ever, but yeah. it's still a little too early to tell. <laughs> all right, Jared, tell us why the Raptors are last in the power rankings. Raptors have lost lost to the Bulls earlier today, so they are officially eliminated and therefore do not need to be considered anymore. <laughs> Tough. <laughs> Thank you. All right, somebody else who's no longer in the playoffs um, is the Dallas Mavericks. We're going to finish off with a little discussion of them. Where did they go from here? They traded for Kyrie and were, I think, fifth in the West when they traded for Kyrie. Fourth. And didn't even make the play-in. Fourth in the West. Fourth in the West. Oof. And then didn't even make the playoffs. So where do they go from here? Get Kyrie out of there. Shoot. You know I what? The Kyrie do what? Yeah, I, yeah, I actually I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't blame fine, them yeah, for making the Kyrie, Kyrie move. Good, yeah. At least like he he wasn't the reason in a nutshell. Like Kyrie did not self-implode that team. That he does have a very poor track record of teams doing mm. better with him not there. Uh yeah. so that may be the case and I know that That's they were fourth true. and it's it's super compelling that he is he's kind of like tanked another team in a sense. But I also think that this team was just not equipped to acquire a Kyrie Irving. Um, so like for making a move that big and going for a guy who's a superstar, I understand, but there are other teams. And like I said, I was going to talk about the Cavs a lot. I love the Cavs. Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell are not exactly known as like prolific ball stoppers, but Evan Mobley and Jared Allen are two of the best, like literally two of the most versatile defensive bigs in the league Two, Evan Mobley is one according to win shares and, uh, Jared Allen is fourth. So they got two guys in the top four. Of course, I mean, Donovan Mitchell has shown an impressive amount of defensive improvement this year. But mainly, like, you can have two guys who are, like, offensive monsters but not necessarily good on the defensive end if you have two other guys around them, to uh, at least in the front court, to kind of make up for those deficiencies. And they just don't have that. Like, the other guys, it's like Christian Wood, and they traded away their best defensive player in the Kyrie trade. 
and they're and, and Jason Kidd's literally literally was like, we're just gonna go out there and try to outscore everybody, and obviously it doesn't work. Uh, I I think that this team, this franchise, is not good at team building. Without Luca, they would still be awful, right? It's, they haven't put a, a co- competent team around Luca since he's been there, and now they're gonna have to go out there and they're gonna have to find a partner to play alongside that makes sense for Luca and what he does. I don't think Luca has to go out there and become a better defender. Maybe get in better shape and just kind of try to be in front more. But he does not have to be Kawhi, Giannis, LeBron when he was in his peak as a defender, where he's like on the number one guy and the best offensive player. That's not his game. Uh, I just think that they need to find a way to put pieces around him that actually make sense if they want to do the two front court of awful defensive players and, and – and, and find a way to just put other people around him that can that can defend. Yeah. I just feel like they're in a situation where they can't even afford to do that because they have so many stupid contracts on their books and no draft picks lined up. Right? Like they they're paying like Tim Hardaway Jr. a ton of money. They're paying Davis Bertans a ton of money. Like they just I have no idea what they can or should do cuz all of the bad moves over all these years have just kind of piled up and I'm not sure they can afford to even put together a, a, the team that you mentioned, why, which I think you're right is what they need. But They should start by firing Jason Kidd. They haven't done that yet, right? No. Okay. But they should. Pitchforks, pitchforks <laughs> are out. Shoot. <laughs> Dude, if you have... Come on. I mean, okay. To Wyatt's point about the conditioning, I was going to say they need to get Luca the, the LeBron James of conditioning, not of feet, but of conditioning, because <laughs> it's unacceptable how many points they lose because he doesn't even get back. That I do think is a big thing. But yeah, anyway, my, 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 main, my main point is they had a Kyrie and Luca, and they got worse. I think that is largely on the head coach. I think that has to be on the head coach. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I've, I've yeah. put together a list of perfect teammates for Luca. That I think that my mm-hmm. some of them are not obtainable. Some of them are just teammates, like an archetype. Let's say mm-hmm. Anthony Davis, who is probably one of the better rim protectors in the league. There is technically a chance that the Lakers get bounced in the first round. That they might look to rebuild and and move on from Anthony Davis, who I will admit has been a little lackluster in terms of a superstar, at least in the first half of the season. He's he's flipped it around since then. If I can be objective, obviously a guy I mentioned <laughs> from the Cavs, Evan Mobley, who I think is get like. He's, I think Nick Wright said he's the next Kevin Garnett, which I agree. He is a fantastic young power forward. A really good offensive player, but of course the best defensive player in the league according to the metrics right now. Jaron Jackson Jr. on the Memphis Grizzlies kind of fits the mold. I think that he is an untapped Evan Mobley, Anthony Davis type where he has some room to grow offensively, but you know he's a good rim protector. And then a couple wings out there that might be obtainable given how this season goes. Paul George who on the Clippers right now will not play from the first round series. He is a really good defensive wing. He is an offensive playmaker in his own right. So it's not like he's Clay Thompson where he's a spot up three point shooter. You can go out there and he can get his own buckets alongside Luca. He's done it for his entire career. And you know what? Him saying that he knows he's probably like a good number two is probably a good mindset to have to go out there with Luca and say like, like Kyrie probably believes he's the best player on that team. And at least Paul George might so, so yeah. take a step back and say, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not the guy here. Jalen Brown, 
who has been unhappy with the Celtics for almost his entire career. He is a very good defender. He's one of the better defenders in the league. By the way, all these guys are, are high on the defensive rating list. Um, really good offensive player. He actually averages 32 points per game without a second superstar, which is impressive. Any game he didn't play with Jason Tatum, he was scoring 32 points per game. Nikola Vucevic, who the Bulls on the Bulls may try to move on. They're not necessarily very talented. Anthony Edwards, who I know is not obtainable, but he has room to grow defensively. He is a big wing. He is a talented player. It might be hard because they're both notorious. Him and Luca are both notoriously out of shape. So I don't know exactly how that works out in Dallas. Uh, but he might grow tired of the Wolves here at some point. And like Bam Adebayo, who I think maybe is not deserving of this list given his playoff performance, but you know he's a versatile, interesting center power forward in the league. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, they might have to bring back Kyrie and try to get a guy like Mitchell Robinson to play to defend the rim mm-hmm. or like Brooke Lopez or whatever. But if I'm if I'm Dallas and I don't get a top two pick, I'm hoping Portland does. And I trade for Damian Lillard in whatever capacity that is. Hopefully that they decide that they want to move on and I go get Dame and it's Dame and it's Luca and then we'll put defenders on every other spot in our roster. <laughs> That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, their hopes better not be on moving up because y'all have probably seen the stats around their historic like lack of moving up where They've been the lottery 16 times and have never moved up a spot. They've fallen down seven times. They've stayed at the same spot nine times. Wow. But nice. never moved up. So maybe this is the one. But, but yeah, if they're hoping for Wemby, that's, that seems seems unlikely. There's a chance. There's a, 3% yeah, there's a chance. There's a chance. There's a, yeah. <laughs> All right. One last little question. Do we think this playoffs um, is important for Embiid and Jokic? Neither of them have had a ton of playoff success in the past. It has been a knock on both of them. We always joke about, you know, Jokic's team is just going to lose in the first round of the playoffs anyway. How make or break do we think the playoffs is for either of these two guys? It's not we. That's only Jared. <laughs> Wait, Jared, yes. I want no that part of that later. Jared's line. <laughs> I don't think it's any more important than any other season they've had. Like, that narrative is always going to follow you around if you're a good player that hasn't won a championship. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like for Jokic, it is because previously, I feel like the excuse that's been given is that the, his, his team isn't that good or compared to talent in the West was not good enough. And they're the one seed, right? So that, that brings its own. Yeah kind of expectations i feel like Embiid's in the same kind of i feel like they're always the sixers are always kind of a two or a three or a four or something right so yeah. i feel like it's the same old deal there but yeah. Uh, uh, yeah i think if Jokic doesn't make the western conference finals Jokic, if the nuggets don't that will be <laughs> a blemish and people yeah. will continue slandering him yeah people love hopping yeah exactly the MVP they love jumping on the <laughs> And yeah, a little heat. luckier because they got yeah. the they'll, they'll get the Celtics next round. Is that right? Somebody said that earlier. It was. So if the 76ers lose to the Celtics, I don't think that's really like. Yeah, it's not yeah. A, a knock against Embiid per se. I think if either of them don't make it to the Western Conference Finals or the final, whatever, I think they just both fall into the ethers of like the best thing that never was. Especially Joel Embiid, who maybe at this point 
it's like how good is, how much can you really rely on him as a franchise cornerstone? Nikola Jokic is like kind of cornered into like one of the greatest players to ever play the game of basketball. And being in that that void after this year, I think that argument kind of dies a little bit. He obviously will have the resume. He is obviously a Hall of Famer. I think Joel Embiid is as well. And they're fantastic players. I think when it comes to Nikola Jokic, when you talk about him as being the best player in the NBA, if he doesn't make it far, that's over with. Being one of the best players at his position in history, yeah. if, if he doesn't make the Western Conference Finals or Finals, I think that's over with as well. And I think Joel Embiid, again, is just like, he's not a franchise cornerstone. He is a really talented player. He's like Shaq, where like he just wished for more, but it just didn't work out. You don't think Embiid's a, fr- a franchise cornerstone? I think there's an argument to be made if they don't make it to the fi- the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, he he hasn't made yeah. it past round yeah. two in well, his entire make, career. He won't make it to the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a wild turn of events. Eastern yeah. Conference Finals. Excuse me. <laughs> I think I think the thing with Embiid is that you never know when it's going to be his last season. Like I think he's mm-hmm. like he's never had like a full normal playoffs. If that makes sense. Like last year he was hurt. He missed the first few games of the Heat series, a series that I think that they win. Um, if Embiid doesn't miss the first two games of that series. The year before was the year Ben Simmons just stopped playing basketball against the Hawks. Like, I don't think you could put that on him. He played fairly well in that series. The year before was the bubble. Who cares? The year before that... Mickey Mouse um, title, yeah. Or I don't know. Shut yeah, whatever. Up. I don't know. I'm getting... <laughs> <laughs> the year before that was the Kawhi bounce. And I'm, I'm still, like, I don't think I'm crazy in saying this. I think the Sixers would have had a very good shot at winning the title if the Kawhi bounce goes a little bit differently that year. I think that yeah. is the best team Embiid has ever had around him, and that was far away from um, Embiid like, at his peak. Like If you have MVP-level Embiid on that team, I think that, yeah. that Sixers team wins the title that year. Um, but I think he just had a lot of weird things happen to him in the playoffs where I, like, I'm not willing to sell him out as a franchise cornerstone just yet. But as long as he studies healthy and, like, James Harden doesn't tear his ACL in game one or something like that, I think this is, like, a fairly important legacy year for him because he does have so many issues with injuries that I think, like, this might be as good a shot as any as he's going to get. So, in, Look, I think it's a wide range to put here. I think this year determines, is he closer to Carmelo Anthony or is he closer to, and I don't think he will get there, Shaquille O'Neal? Like, is he one of the greatest centers uh, offensive centers that we've seen in a long time or is he just a really great offensive player who like really can't lead you anywhere i think he's better than carmelo not to, like let's not mix that up but we obviously know what carmelo was as the best player on a team where it's like kind of wish i had more kind of wish i had a little bit of something there but obviously Shaq was a five-time champion so it's tougher but like you know what i'm saying like it, it is is he is he one of the best players in the league who can lead you to a championship, or is he just another great offensive player? Yeah. I don't know. It just never felt like Carmelo, like a team led by Carmelo, was ever gonna win the finals, and like they never really had playoff success. Well, that's at what all. I'm saying. That, I feel that, like Embiid, that's where Joel Embiid could. Yeah, be. yeah. I just feel like at least Embiid is like he's made it farther than Carmelo, and I feel like he's. Yeah, and I don't think Carmelo is serious, but I'm saying that like seriously. that's just where that, I think that's just the territory that we're in with with Embiid. Yeah. He's not he's not like a young player making his way anymore. Mm-hmm. He is yep. a bona fide superstar. Mm-hmm. All right. 
If you think this podcast is a bona fide superstar among all the sports podcast sports podcasts out there, then please download this episode, give us a five star review on whichever platform you listen on, and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at lunchpailguys underscore. We'll have another episode for you later this week as well. So stay tuned. <laughs>